0: Amen. How many of you know that it's very easy to get stuck? Yeah. Sometimes just being in a situation long enough will make you get stuck there. Yeah. Sometimes in the cycle of nurturing your children, you get stuck. Sometimes in the desiring of children you get stuck. In the desiring of something that you deem valuable. Sometimes it could be a job that you are desiring and it's not coming. You can get stuck. Sometimes you can get stuck when you lose something that is valuable. You can lose a child or lose a relationship, lose a business or even your health, you can get stuck, it becomes your wealth, the loss of that relationship, the loss of that person, a parent, a child, a friend, you can get stuck. I was looking at what does it mean to get stuck. And it says, unable to move from a particular position or place. So you can get stuck in a chair. You can get stuck in a room. You can get stuck in traffic. There are some people, they can't handle getting stuck in traffic very well. I know people like that in my life. I'm not going to mention any names, but they can't handle getting stuck in traffic. They have to find the nearest exit. Why should you get stuck? They have to find the nearest exit that will take them somewhere else. (laughs) Unable to change. Somebody will say, I'm stuck in my ways. Unable to change. It's not a blessing if you are not able to change. Because we all have things or ways in our life that we have to change. You can't be a gossip all your life. You can't be quarrelsome all your life. You can't be rude all your life. You can't be mean all your life. You can't be bitter all your life. You can't be a crybaby all your life. You can't suck your thumb all your life. Haven't you seen a 15-year-old who sucks their thumb? It also means to be frozen. You know, sometimes situations will freeze you. There are mothers who made one mistake in their parenting and it, it just froze them. Because maybe their child ended up in jail or their child, you know. And they feel responsible for that. And they are frozen in time. I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I have a friend. In fact, I have my friend's wife who's in America now. You know, and this particular friend is somebody i would known since probably we were about 11 or 12. And for the many decades, there's something wrong with my mic, isn't it? For the many decades, I never saw him in any situation, angry, quarreling, upset, even raising his voice or even with a frown on his face or, you know, there was never a day or a time, there was never a day or a time in all the decades that anybody could say that he had acted in a way that all of us in this room, I don't know, if you are an exception, you can lift your hand, where we haven't manifested in a way that we regretted. He never did. You know? And I remember... Clearly, when he went to university and he pointed to this young lady who was about two years behind us, and he said, I will marry this girl. And by the grace of God, he married her. And she, to when she married him, she was very happy. She herself knew that she had made a very, very, very good choice. Very good choice. And then I think. He went to do his master's in Japan or somewhere. He went to do project management somewhere there. And One day, we heard that he had passed away. They had been married three years or two. And as she brought the body back to Ghana, buried her husband, she hasn't opened her mouth to speak. To smile. To has not. This one is doing the same. Her life has not moved on. Today's Mother's Day, so it's okay. Her life has not moved on since the day her husband passed. Her parents thought maybe relocation will help her, so they took her to America to have a new start in life. And then hopefully she'll then. Dr. Hagan and Mrs. Hagan after about five years managed to locate where she was in America and went to visit her. And When she opened the door for them it was like a shrine of her husband. So there were pictures around the fireplace. The whole room was filled with him and she was sitting in the middle of it. And they tried to encourage her to get out of it. And she Told them to finish their visit and go. (laughs) And as we speak, I don't know. She's literally worshiping her dead husband. So sometimes it's not even that the thing is the person was bad. Do you understand? But the effect has that it has had on you has frozen you. She's in a time freeze. If she blinks, she would think that it's still 1996. Her husband died in 97, I believe, or 98. How many years is that? About 25 years, isn't it? So 25 years, she hasn't worked. She doesn't leave the house. So before food was delivered, you could shop. I wonder how she got food into the house. But some of us may not... We may still be going up and down and look like we are okay, but we are still stuck. It says, unable to escape. Unable to solve a problem that's hindering you from going further. Reverend Sam, can I have my phone, please? Unable to solve a problem that's hindering you from going further. So until this issue is solved, I'm not shifting. I'm not shifting, I'm not shifting, I'm not shifting. And sometimes it's between mother and son, or mother and daughter, or father and child, you know, until she comes to apologize. My daughter, can't. I'm not talking to my daughter again. A few weeks ago, I was trying to intervene on a situation between a father and a son. And I called the father in America, and I was trying to explain to him that you are about 40 years older than your son. So for about two hours, he was shaking and gyrating. And, you know, when that manifestation of severe anger arises for like two hours, he doesn't know I'm his father. I said, no, because you're acting like him. (laughs) Yes. And I said, Just talk to him. No, 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 no. I won't talk to him until he calls me to say sorry. And not just sorry, to listen to what instruction I'm giving him and to obey. And this person, I went to school with him, he never listened to his father. He, he never, ever, in fact, as we were even having that conversation a few weeks ago. He's not talking to his father. And he's not talking to his sister. And he's not talking to his brother. And one of these were in the house when he was fighting with his father. Yeah. And what is annoying him now is that he said, yeah, he mentioned his son's name. He thinks that my sister and my brother are better than me. I was like, listen, listen to yourself. Yes, I hear he went to visit them, but he doesn't know. I am his father. I said, after the two hours, we didn't get anywhere. He, he told me all the diseases that he currently has. So on the head, he has, oh, Dr. Koto, this one, you have to help him. because some of the, He won't even give me normal names. He was giving me technical names. He had a disease that was affecting his brain, one that was in his neck. Then, then he showed me, you know, whatever they used to straighten the neck. I don't know. He had it on. Then he said that his diabetes, then his uh, pancreas something, then his back, then he's there. The only place that is working is his foot. Yes. He doesn't know that if you don't make right choices, you become lonely in your old age. I said, brother, preach, preach, preach. <laughs> you are preaching a good message. You are preaching. Yeah you see he was projecting you are the only right now I'm his only friend <laughs> in the whole wide world so when anybody wants to reach him, they reach me <laughs> when he calls and I don't pick, everybody panics, pick, pick so that we can hear what he's thinking yeah he's been calling me so much, in fact my, my reverend and his sister in they've been having certain conversations because I'm the only one he will speak to yes, listen look at how much money I have made and look at my state. I said, oh. I felt like crying. I said, okay, give me the money. <laughs> and then I'll pray for healing. <laughs> yes. So this is a person who is stuck. And he was sending some pictures of him, maybe on his operation bed. On, I said, the boy is too young to see some of these things. So when I told the son, call your father. He said, auntie, no, 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 I'm not ready to look at those pictures. <laughs> The Lord have mercy on us. Yes. Isaiah 60. I'm going to read a scripture to us because I believe that from today we will no longer be stuck. Amen. Wherever you are whatever area of your life you are stuck, you know sometimes, maybe your career, you're progressing and you're progressing, but your marriage has come to a halt. Pow. Stand still. Yeah. And you see, like I said a few weeks ago, that it is very easy to normalize the abnormal, the dysfunction. It's very easy. So even though you are stuck there, because you've been stuck long enough, you're comfortable with it. But the Lord will deliver us today. The Lord will deliver us today. And I pray that you will have the wisdom of God to know where you are stuck. I know for a fact that when I got saved, one of the first things the Lord revealed to me and made me aware of was that I was stuck in my father's death. The man had died many, many, many years ago, you know, but I used it as opportunity to be depressed, to be miserable. You know, any time I wanted to create a depressive mood in any atmosphere, I can go down that arrow. Yeah. And sometimes I look at some of my siblings and I think they are stuck there. Things that happened 30, 40 years ago, they can talk about it with so much anger. And I'm like, it's got to go. Some of us, we had quarrels with our siblings and things. It's been so long. You yourself can't remember what made you quarrel. But you still don't talk. Even though you can't remember why you don't talk. Some of us, is with our spouse. We don't talk. We are angry. But if somebody were to sit with you and say, what exactly are you angry about? You'll be beating around the bush. The other day, (laughs) may God give you wisdom to know where you are stuck. I'm going to read Isaiah 60, verse 1. Then we'll go to verse number 19. I just want to read a few verses, look at a few points, and in 10 minutes, we'll be going home. If you haven't called your mother before to now, after church, call her. I know that there are only three countries that are celebrating Mother's Day today, but it doesn't matter. Even if your mother is in a country that doesn't celebrate Mother's Day, tell her that she gets to get Happy Mother's Day twice a year. Okay, so you call her. Isaiah 60, the Bible says in verse 1, Arise, I'm reading the Amplified for verse 1, eh? Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen. Get up from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Sometimes the circumstances might even look good, Do you understand? New job, new wife. Do you get new wives? One. You get one, get one, get one, get one, get one. When when there was a song that came a a few years ago, everything now double, double. Your love now double, double. Wife now double. Hey! (laughs) Yeah. Rise out of it. From circumstances which circumstances have kept you. I don't know what circumstances has caused you to be stuck, but I pray that you take a few moments to think about it and release yourself. Some of us, is in ministry, it's in church. Let me go to the choir. I feel like the situation is somewhere around here. Since they had an issue in the choir, they have been stuck in that circumstance. When they say, oh, we are giving you this song to sing, I will not sing. Oh, we want you to lead this song. Get out of it. Don't say amen, otherwise don't know. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come. It means that when you are no longer stuck, you begin to shine in whatever you are doing. You begin to shine in your motherhood. You begin to shine in your fatherhood. You begin to shine in your business, in your work. You begin to shine in the house of God. You begin to shine in every area. Let's read verse 19. May the Lord deliver us. I read the NLT for 19 to 22. It says that no longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God, somebody say, the Lord your God, yeah, will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set. Your moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. I want to declare to somebody that your days of mourning have come to an end. Verse 21, all your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever, for I will plant them there. With my own hands In order to bring myself glory The smallest family Will become a thousand people And the tiniest group Will become a mighty nation At the right time I the Lord will make it happen Tell somebody by you that God is going to make it happen Tell the person I don't know how long it's taking But God is going to make it happen You see some of you There are certain relationships that are broken But God is going to restore it He's going to make it happen. Your son is coming back. Your daughter is coming back. Your relationship is coming back. Your health is coming back. God will make it happen. God will make it happen. All I'm going to tell us this afternoon is that for us to be no longer stuck and walk in that freedom and that liberty, we need to reposition how we see God and how we relate with him. We need to reposition how we see God and how we relate with him. And that is why when we read the first verse, it said that no longer will you need the sun to shine by day, verse 19, "nor the moon to give its life, for the Lord your God. You have to see God as your God, not just as our God, not just as the almighty God or Jehovah, he is your God. See, sometimes we look at others and when they are saying that, you know, the Lord has brought me this far, I received my healing from God, God made a way for me, you know, that same God is also your God and you have to see him as such. There are people that we see as our prime minister, we see as our boss, we see even as our pastor, we see as our neighbor. But that same person, somebody also sees them as their father. Do you understand? And the people who see that person and call that person daddy, what they get is not the same person who sees that person as their boss, as their neighbor. As their, what do you call it, president or whatever it is. The one who sees that person as daddy or mommy, what they get is different. Because daddy pays school fees, daddy puts a roof over your head, daddy makes a way for you, daddy uh, disciplines you, daddy helps you, daddy makes, you know, takes you in front of places that you need to go. Daddy sets an example for you, daddy gives you opportunity. So if God is not your God, and it's CICC God, or your pastor's God, you're in trouble. Then it means that if your pastor is not around, no healing is coming. If your pastor is not around, no breakthrough is coming. But Christ came so that we will all have access directly. Reverend has been teaching us that we should come boldly to the throne of grace. All of us. So you have to reposition yourself now into the lineage of a child. That that is my daddy. You have to. You have to. Now even in your prayer, you can call him daddy. Because he's daddy. And the more that sinks into you, the bolder you will get even in your decisions you take. You move away from where is help coming from. This thing, will it change? This thing, will it transform? Will I get this opportunity? Will I have this chance? That is for those who don't have the kind of daddy who can make it happen. But there's no child of God who doesn't have a daddy who cannot make a way. But you don't relate with him as such. There are people who walked away from their parents. Some people left home. Like the prodigal son. I can do it. You see, and if you are listening to me online, if you are in this room, please don't be the kind who is waiting for the age where your child will leave home. I was very surprised, Reverend Sam, to realize that there are parents who are looking forward to the day their child will leave home. Whether it's 16 or 18. It is not a good thing. It's not a good thing because, as a point, parents begin to treat their children like their sibling. But you are parents, and that is why God has the reason why I prayed for the mothers is that God has to give you a grace so that all through your life you are not going to be dependent on others. See, when you are even telling your child. I looked after you, now you to look after me. It means you didn't live your life well. Preach, Reverend, preach. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother, which means that we have a level of responsibility. But it doesn't say that when you turn 18, begin to look after your parents. And sometimes we bring it into our faith walk that God is, you know, he's there, but really for how long? Is it till I'm 18, till I'm 21? Some people are affected by this. Minister Joel, I know, I know. That's why I won't leave the matter. I'm not going to the next point. Because it has to sink in. We have to massage ourselves with it. Yeah. Because when that expression is used, mommy... Or daddy. Oh. Even my grandchildren, they have learned that when you are even around (laughs) Papa, (laughs) you can ask for anything. When they are going through the shop, even things they haven't thought of that they like, when they see it, then they remember that they like it. Can I have this? Nana, can I have this? Can I... And the reason why they're asking is that they know that there's a potential to get it. We don't ask God certain things because we don't even think he can let it happen. Then he says that no longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon. So he's talking about natural, worldly things. The next thing you have to know is that your source is not dependent on the world. No longer will you have to depend on the sun and the moon. Those of us who have depended on others, how far has it taken us? When the Bible says the arm of flesh will fail you. That is why siblings fight. Parents have issues with their children. Husband and wife have issues. Because sometimes we are overly dependent on things that they cannot do, cannot give, cannot provide. Don't have the ability to. And that is why we get disappointed. Because this was supposed to be the best man, the best woman. My child is perfect. We even put so much pressure on our children that they become fake. So your child will be getting more and more rotten and you won't know. They are sleeping around, you don't know. Because even if they came to tell you that they've fallen into sin, you are going to do kabashatarabashay, I bind it in Jesus' name, I loose you, I set you free. We cast out every spirit that is. You know, Reverend said something on Wednesday about um, Pazakian coming to him, me getting very upset on an issue, and then he being calm on the issue because the issue was very relevant in his own <laughs> life at that same age. But you see, a lot of us, as soon as we grow out of something, we feel like nobody can go through that again. You, you were not clever at all. Your child's result has come. You yourself can see it was better than yours. Can I preach? Can, can I preach? You know that these results, you yourself, all your years in school, you never saw some. But since you became a parent, suddenly you have become very clever. Oh no! Don't lie! Don't lie, Pastor Sam! Don't lie. Because all they'll do is that they'll hide you from. They don't need to tell you what. Wait, the way. You see, you're always playing. Look at, look at your results. You're playing. When others are learning, you are sitting behind um, Xbox and misbehaving. When you should be studying. You two, you never studied. If by mistake, your transcript is to fall before your child. Preach, Reverend. Preach, preach, preach. preach. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. You see? There's nothing like coming to church and the word being for you and receiving it. Psalm 84, the Bible says in verse 11, for the Lord God is our sun and shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right it is only God I'm saying that let's reposition ourselves in how we see God how we relate with him because there is nothing that we can do outside of him so it is God who is our son He is God who is our shield it is God who gives us grace it is God who brings us glory And it was described in the verse 20 and 21 as everlasting. He's our everlasting light. He's our everlasting light. Yeah. Whatever God brings to you is everlasting. Whatever God represents lasts for life. In my short life, I told you that I'm young now. In my short life, I have seen people fall deeply in love. That when they see the person, they melt, they shake, they have goosebumps, they stammer, they don't know what to say. And I've seen the same people take knife. I have seen the same people. Change locks on doors. The people who were shaking, who were melting. The only thing in your life that is everlasting is God. And I want to encourage some mothers here. As soon as you become a mother, there's a tendency that your whole life becomes your child. It is not everlasting. Minister Joel is saying it because I saw him say bye-bye to his mother and father <laughs> and telling them that I have married a wife. I love you. I appreciate you. But I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I don't care how. You know, sometimes mothers freeze because they have become mothers. And then at a point, they become bitter because they froze. But no child told you to freeze. (gasps) The whole life. And when you get much older, the reason why sometimes parents are so upset and angry with their children is because they felt like they they sacrificed everything. This child never opened their mouth and said, as I have come, sacrifice all you have, all you are, for me. And when I'm older, I will remember you. God must still be the center of your life. Sometimes I'm having discussions with mothers and they say, I don't get time to pray. You know, the child never sleeps, so I don't get time. A- If you don't pray, who's going to take care of that child? If you don't study the Word, who's going to give you wisdom on how to manage that child? Sometimes marriage doesn't even change them as much, but children change them. But I'm telling you that years will come that you realize that what you needed actually was God. Hmm. He says, No good thing will he withhold from you, which means that God will give you every good thing. God will give you every good thing. God will give you every good thing. Every good thing. Yeah. This is my in law that I'm talking about. He made, can I say he made so much money or he stole so much money? Anyway. <laughs> He got. (laughs) Yeah, because in certain continents, people can take a lot of money, collect a lot of money, be given a lot of money. He collected so much money or he took so much money. (laughs) That one day his son was like, even under his bed is all money. One day I went to the house and then I remembered what my nephew had said. I was like, mm, this is a good time to take my, him to the bed so that we can see what is under the bed. But he still does not have every good thing. You can think that you have a good marriage, but you still don't have every good thing have a good career, you still don't have every good thing. Because most good things are internal and eternal. Buzz. There are so many things that we think are good that are not good. But unless God reveals it to you, you'll never know that it's not good. There are so many things we want to do for our children that we shouldn't. But unless God reveals it to you, you know. There are so many things that we should do for, with our children, but we won't do it because we think it's not good. And you see, even to get that balance right, he is your everlasting light, which means he makes you see the truth and walk in it. He makes you see the truth and walk in it. You see, when you have become a parent for a while, sometimes it's difficult to identify the truth about your own child. There are a lot of women. I was, somebody sent a little clip on our, my year group, whatever, discussing aunties. The way aunties know how to criticize other people's children. Mm. To see the truth and walk in it. To see the truth about your situation. To see the truth about your circumstance. To see the truth and to be able to watch. How many of you know that it's very difficult to see the truth about yourself? Today I'm not only talking to mothers. I'm talking to all of us. But you see, the reason why on mothers, day I want to say something like this, is that because as a mother, sometimes it's very difficult to see the truth about your child. Because it's your child. It's your child is that's why most parents say that they're hanging out with bad people but it's not always true somebody's innocent child is hanging out with your child Hmm. to see the truth God will let you see the truth the word of God will let you see the truth your time in prayer will let you see the truth especially the truth about yourself. That's why the word is a mirror that we look in. You shouldn't be afraid to look in. That is how you get better. The only way you get better is to know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the truth can be painful. The truth can be uncomfortable. Yeah. I used to fight it for a long time when they say you are very moody. It's like I'm not moody. You say that sometimes I go quiet. They're two different things. It's not every time I want people around me. You don't have to be friendly always. You see, I'm not all very intelligent, sensible answers. Very. But the truth is that you're moody. The truth is that you're rude. The truth is that you are very unpleasant to be around. Preach, Reverend, preach. Till you accept the truth, you will not go forward. Till you are able to identify that, my son, this area of your life, we need to work on it. My daughter, this area of your life, you will need to work on it. My wife, this area. Of, and that is one of the things I really appreciate about. Microphone number four. Do you have number five? Try. Yeah, Prince, bring another microphone. Let's see if it work. As soon as there's a glitch in the microphone, I have to change it. I feel like somebody doesn't want this message to finish preaching. Let me give a last one. He is your everlasting glory. What does that mean? It means that now, you don't have to force for significance and recognition. God is. He is the one. His glory is the one that is going to shine through you, in you, upon you. You don't have to go and manufacture glory. You don't. You see, sometimes even when you yourself are giving the testimony, you know that this one, God ain't in it. Zephaniah 3, verse 17 to 19. Read the King James. It says that the Lord thy God is in the midst of thee and he's mighty. He will sing. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee singing. I thought you were bring me another microphone. Oh, nobody wants to come near me. Okay. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee to whom the reproach of it was a burden behold at that time I will undo all that afflict thee and I will save her that halted and gather her that was driven out and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame I will get them praise And fame in every land that they have put to shame. God is in the midst of thee and he is mighty. God is in the midst of thee and he is mighty. And he will give you praise and fame. When God gives you fame, no man can take it. When God is praising you, nobody can oppose it. Even when they don't like it, they will acknowledge it. And The last one says that he will bring your days of mourning to an end. May the Lord wipe every tear. May you never live in misery. When he says that he will bring your days of mourning to an end, what it means is that Now, when sorrow comes, when misery comes, it cannot stay. Cannot stay. It can't stay. You become conscious when you are entertaining something too long. Psalm 30 verse 11, the Bible says that you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and you have clothed me with joy. Father, I pray for every mother in this room that you will take away the clothes of mourning and Lord, you will clothe them with the clothes of joy. Lord, I pray for every child in this room. I pray for every sibling in this room. I pray for every father in this room. I pray for every brother in this room. I pray for every wife in this room, every husband in this room. Father, I pray that you will take away the clothes of mourning and Lord, you put on us the clothes of joy. In the name of Jesus, right?